This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts across the world. Let's join Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. We've had the latest PMIs from China today and manufacturing activity has expanded at its fastest pace since April 2012. That has exceeded forecasts and many traders are now flocking towards riskier assets and away from the safe haven of the dollar. Yeah, it's been a really good start to the data, to be honest. The data from China was really positive. And I think that's one thing that we really needed at this point in time. We knew that the China transition was going well from zero COVID to living with it, but we needed more evidence that that was the case. Now, this is just one survey or one selection of surveys, so we need to bear that in mind. But it was such a significant improvement, which is why people are feeling more optimistic. A move in the manufacturing PMI from 50.1 to 52.6, as you say, a decade high the non-manufacturing PMI from 54.4 to 56.3, and then the Kaijin manufacturing PMI from 49.2 to 51.6. You don't see these kinds of jumps every day. So that's a real positive point. And when you dig deeper within the data, you see a lot more positivity as well. Strong external demand, strong domestic demand. So clearly this isn't just a case of China necessarily transitioning, but also it reflects positively on the rest of the global economy. Remember at a time when people are feeling more pessimistic about the global economy, asking the question about whether a soft landing can be achieved. And some of this data that we're seeing from China, granted, like I say, one survey or one group of surveys, but at least it's indicating that we are potentially seeing a softer landing. And again, this is coming at a time when we're seeing resilience around the world. We're seeing more and more banks are forecasting recessions being avoided in different parts of the world. Previously, it was Europe. Overnight, we had one major investment bank suggesting that the UK will avoid a recession this year as well and all of a sudden things are looking a little bit better now that sounds good on the face fit the question has to be what's that ultimately mean for central banks because if we're not going to see recessions we are going to see softer landings and we're going to see stronger economic activity does that make their job of getting inflation back to two percent that much harder and mean they have to raise interest rates at which point all of these expectations change again it is going to be very volatile and we are going to see big fluctuations but this data this morning from china i think has put people in a really positive mood going into the session especially at a time when it felt like there was a lack of catalysts and drivers, major economic data that's been really driving the market. It seems like we've seen big fluctuations on the back of very little. This was a nice positive driver to get the day going. And a massive rise in the Hong Kong stock market, the Hang Seng up more than 4%. Yeah, it's a really positive move. I mean, we have at times in the Shanghai Composite and the Hang Seng actually move much more than the other indices during this opening for obvious reasons. And I think this data that we saw overnight, like I say, it doesn't just suggest we're seeing strong domestic demand. It suggests we're seeing strong external demand as well. And it shows that the transition is going well. So there's two ways in which the regional stocks are going to benefit strongly from that. And Hong Kong is obviously front and centre of that. There is the trade perspective because a strong recovery means strong demand domestically in China and that a lot of it comes from imports. And then there's tourism uh, and Hong Kong stands to benefit in both of those ways. And the other thing with the Hang Seng as well is simply that they do house a lot of Chinese stocks. So things that are very uh, sensitive to how the domestic recovery is ultimately going. So you do tend to see a bigger impact in the Shanghai Composite and the Hang Seng 
But at the same time, we do see it lift the broader region as well because there's other countries and there's other companies that stand to benefit from China ultimately recovering much more strongly this year and earlier. And that's the other thing. It's not just a case that China is recovering. Everyone expected China to recover by the second half of the year. But the fact that this could come in the second quarter of the year means that its growth potential for the year has now increased and that has the ability to lift the region as a whole. You mentioned, Craig, that uh, the resilience following those PMIs from China, but we're not seeing the same pattern in the Eurozone as far as the latest figures today are concerned. No, I mean, the, the figures today from the Euro area were final readings rather than preliminary readings. So the revisions that we saw were quite small, but they were also a little bit negative as well. We saw negative revisions on the French manufacturing PMI and the German manufacturing PMI. So that put a little bit of a downer on things at mid-morning here in Europe. And these are still in contractionary territory, but I guess the two situations are different. China's story has been largely driven by zero COVID and now the transition away from it. Europe's story is very different. While the two are correlated and interlinked in some way because they are big trading partners, for example, Europe's story has been much clo more closely linked to the war in Ukraine and ultimately energy prices. And that's why I think European firms are still feeling a little bit more pessimistic, but I think they're feeling a bit more optimistic than they were previously. And I expect we may see further improvements in those PMI figures over the coming months. And if anything, the Chinese PMI gives me more hope that we're going to see some of that optimism filter through uh, elsewhere as well. So maybe we're just seeing a bit of a lag with regards to Europe. But what was interesting is that while there was a massive positive boost uh, from the Chinese uh, data in European equity markets and Asian equity markets as well, and we can see it reflected in US futures also, we didn't really see too much of a response in equity markets to those PMIs, but we actually saw it in the oil markets instead. It's interesting, Craig, that oil is down today and equity markets are going the other way. I'm quite surprised by that. Yeah, me too. I mean, to be honest as well, not only are oil markets down, they actually were trading much higher early on in the session. So after the Chinese data, we did see oil markets gradually trading higher into the European Open. And following the release of these euro area PMIs, they've started to drift lower again and actually gone into negative territory off almost 1%. So while equity investors have kind of largely ignored the eurozone data, oil markets have not. But then I guess there's two things that we can really say about that. One is equity markets and crypto markets to a large extent have been trading very differently over the course of the last month to bond markets and commodity markets. Bond markets and commodity markets have played a lot more close attention and moved much more in line with the economic data. Equity markets investors seem to have been more willing to ignore patches of data on the belief that we are going to see positive bounce backs. And therefore, that resilience we're seeing again in the equity markets, whereas we're not quite seeing it in the crude markets. That said, I am still surprised that crude markets have turned negative because the uplift that you get from the Chinese data, for me, far exceeds those slight downward tweaks that we saw to the Eurozone PMIs. Uh, so I am surprised that we are seeing that. But that said, oil markets have been very choppy. So this is seemingly just a reflection of that. They've been choppy since early December. They've been range-bound really between kind of $70 and $80 in WTI, $75.85 in, in Brent crude. And we have seen a consolidation within that. So we've seen very choppy markets. We have seen this slow, gradual, glacial at times consolidation within there. And now we're trading right in the middle of that range. So maybe that's just more a reflection of where the oil markets are sitting right now, and where the kind of sentiment in the oil markets is right now, more so than a direct reflection of the economic data. Because for me, the net effect of these 
two releases being from China and the Euro area is absolutely 100% a net positive. Whereas oil markets may tell you a different story. So on this occasion, and I wouldn't always say, but on this occasion, I think equity markets are a much better reflection of of how things stand. And um, I'm surprised crude markets are not fully reflecting that. Of course, we're going to see some US data later on. So we might see prices and markets fluctuate throughout today. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And it's the ISM manufacturing PMI as well as the uh, official manufacturing PMI, which does tend to get a lot of traction, both in equity markets and commodity markets as well. So absolutely, by the time we see this day out, I wouldn't be surprised if things uh, uh, fluctuate a lot more again, if we even see all back in positive territory, depending on what the data ultimately tells us. Okay, Craig, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks a lot. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.